Hello and welcome to the Lights on the Screen podcast. I am your host, Jacob Blunden, and today I am, as always, joined by the delightful Taylor. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good this week? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> it's, it's been one of those weeks where nothing like insane, insane has happened, and I've mostly gotten to get some decent sleep. So You like, haven't gotten the four o'clock in the afternoon phone call of, hey, I totaled the car. Yeah, that didn't happen this week, so, <laughs> so I think... Surprisingly uneventful, you're just kind of suspicious. Yeah, I'm like waiting for it, I'm like, mm, this is this is too quiet and too... I don't know about this, I'm, I'm very suspiciously okay this week. <laughs> Well, the other voice you can hear is, as always, Miss Elena. How are you? I'm great. I'm ready. To, I'm like, I was driving here and I'm like so excited to talk about some movies. Genuinely, I'm really excited. Yeah, I, this has been a really good week for me as well. I haven't really watched anything other than the two that we're going to talk about. But uh, the thing I'm most excited about, you know what? I'm actually going to let uh, Taylor... What? You kick this one off. What, what, what's uh, what was the big thing Listen, that dropped this week? I have not watched any movies except for the ones we're going to talk about because I have spent, you know, like 187 hours watching the Barbie trailer. <laughs> basically, <laughs> it's pretty much all I've been doing: watching the Barbie trailer, looking at all the memes of everyone making their own posters of the Barbie trailer. Like it's a, basically the best marketing thing I've seen in a really long time because just everyone is doing it and it's really been super fun. Um, but dude, that trailer rocks. <laughs> it is so good. It's so fun. The tone looks great. The whole cast is fun. Everything is so pink. And now I'm of the belief. I'm just like, I pink needs to be everything. I don't, you know, that's just how it deserves to be. Um, but like I said, the posters are great. I love all the taglines on them where everyone's like, this is Ken. This is also Ken. You guessed it, Ken. And then it's like, this Barbie's a Nobel Prize winner. This Barbie is, has, is an author. This Barbie is the president. And and there's only one Alan. Here's Alan. Like, it's just awesome. It's so fun. I can't wait for this movie. Greta Gerwig is again stepping in to save cinema. So it's it's a good time. It's good times, basically. Yeah, this is... I'm just so... <laughs> like, I can't even talk about it. And I've gotten back into my nostalgia of, like, all the original Barbie movies. And I'm going to start a chronological binge. Oh so my God. get ready for we that. We should make Jacob do that week. before the yes. movie comes out. <sighs> They're only, like, 70 to 80 minutes long. You can get through them. Yeah. You said there were only 70 to 80. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, well, I mean, they're probably Of the are, ones actually. of, like, my generation from, like, 2001 to, I think, like, 2009-ish is when I stopped, like, being into them. And honestly, those are like the only epic ones, like 12 Dancing Princesses, Princess and the Pauper, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for so sure. So get ready for my conversations about that with the what I've been watching this week. The, the other thing I will say that is my favorite about this, and it ties into the whole meme thing where it's just taken over the internet, literally every corner of everything is about this. If I go on sports Twitter yeah. and I look at like the Women's Basketball March Madness Championship, they put one of the girls on it and we're like this barbie just won a national championship and like i've been on my chemical romance like twitter and tumblr and gerard and like his cheerleading outfit is a barbie and like but it's like every whether i go to sports whether i go to music whether i go to people who like typically would probably have no interest like you know the the guys who are on youtube who 
are like, oh, they're only really into like Star Wars and sci-fi and stuff. And they're like, hell yeah, the tone of it. Like, it's just so fun. Like, I really hope it does get embraced like Mm -hmm. that, where people who have seemed to at this point are just all in because it looks fun. And that's just what people like are wanting. They just want a fun movie that looks like it's really well written and directed because mm. it's Greta and Noah, which which is also like whenever I, the trailer ends and it's like directed by Greta Gerwig, written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. I'm like, how the hell did we get a Barbie <laughs> movie directed and written by those two? It's epic. So good. So like that's I think even though the trailer was really great and the posters are fun, it just has me really psyched that literally when that when the trailer dropped, my entire timeline from every corner of the internet was just like. It's time. Cinema is back. (laughs) Cinema is back. So uh, would it shock you to know that I have seen one Barbie movie? Which one? The Nutcracker, because Beck, Beck watched it a lot. As like, I've seen that. I mean, that's that. the I've first seen, one. I know that it is, is. It's a classic. I know. It's I, a so it's, that I started one I rewatching seen. that last night. It's yeah. it's good, but it's not 12 Dancing Princesses. Okay, so that's that's the one I've seen. There are 16 of them. Yeah, but like only eight of them are good. Oh, great. So I'll only be watching eight of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, the other big news, obviously, this week uh, is, of course, we're at Star Wars Celebration. Um, so I'm going to go to the two experts here. Uh, you guys- I, had to, I had to turn my Twitter notifications off because every two minutes I was getting a tweet and I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I literally stopped using Twitter for like a yeah. whole day. I was yeah. just like, nah, I can't. I can't do it. It was so no, frustrating. I made one tweet about it. A... Checkmark tweeted it, uh, retweeted it, and now my Twitter won't shut up about it's it. What you again. get for making a Star Wars take at all? Like that's just you should have known that was going to end badly. Um, but the thing is, like, I know there's a bunch of stuff going on because, like, it's Star Wars, and I'm I saw two pictures of what the crowds look like at Star Wars Celebration, and I'm like, I would throw up. It is so sardine can like packed. Yeah, I would be we're, like, we're back to pre-COVID. Mm, I was like, not, nah, and no one has a mask on in it. No. And I was just like, I would literally Besides the dudes in like Chewbacca and kind yeah. of and I was like, <laughs> I would have a panic attack. First of all, second of all, I still don't trust Star Wars at this point outside of Andor. Mm. So, yeah, uh, as look, and I'm kind of the same at the moment. I'm with me and Star Wars. I'm not really into it anymore. I've, I've definitely gotten very and every time they announce a new movie i'm like i don't believe that is happening that for, too. For yeah that that too they've <laughs> turned can, into the thing yeah, where they've, they've canceled that many of them that um, i don't believe that they are going to happen at all um my so the tweet that went somewhat viral was me basically laughing at how it's going to be hilarious that because studios are going to be so desperate to get the legacy content they're now going to quicken the process and it's going to be hilarious to see how they try and quicken the process. The Ray announcement. So Yeah, was this the one you made about Daisy? Yeah, so Ray, so Daisy Ridley's coming yeah, back Ridley. to play Ray. She's coming back to play a character that is set that and it's the movie is set 15 years later. Yeah. It's been 4 years. Like yeah. they they are trying to manufacture the legacy, legacy hype because like five years. well yeah, because that's where the money is. And it's like, oh, we can do the new generation. And that's kind of what I was more getting at is just like, it's hilarious. It's, this isn't an attack on the fans who are excited. It's an attack on the studios who are just so blatantly trying to just redo Force Awakens without any of the actual legacy there. <laughs> it's just funny to me. And I, I just, yeah, I, I thought that was funny. Um as for the actual things that they dropped, 
Um, the Ahsoka trailer is literally Rebels Season 5, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, God, help us all. And I know that means nothing to some of you, but, um, yeah, it, I don't know. I just None of it just could get me excited. I, I just I can't get excited for any of it. Um, the new Indiana Jones trailer looks cool. Um, I'm genuinely terrified that we're going to get a CGI Marcus. And if that happens, I'm literally going to probably walk out of the screening because, yeah, please yeah, don't I'm do that. I'm only watching that movie for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. That's fair. I can appreciate that. I can I can definitely appreciate that. So, uh, other than, look, I, I know I'm, I'm a little bit of a hater on Star Wars at the moment, but I they just still they haven't really done anything to make me excited that about about it anymore like it's you know oh hey we announced a two-hour conclusion movie to the mandoverse like the whole appeal of mandalorian originally was hey this is someone who's so disconnected to everything else we can just play in the star wars universe and then they made everything connected to Mm. the star wars universe and it's just yeah Anyway, so that's my mini Star Wars rant. Um, Elena, what have you been watching this week? <clears throat> As the two people who haven't watched anything this week, uh, what have yeah, you actually been um, watching? I've been procrastinating. I have an assignment during a week that I haven't started, but uh, we don't talk about it. <laughs> so, I ventured to the cinema to see Saint-Omer, which is a French court drama um, about a novelist who attends a trial of a woman accused of killing her 15-month-old daughter by abandoning her on, like, a beach in France. So, like, really gripping, basically completely a court drama. They're only outside the court maybe 10% of the movie, and it is very quiet. Like, <laughs> I bought a popcorn because I was really tired that day and I was like, I know I'm going to have to, like, I know I'm going to fall asleep. I need popcorn to keep me awake. And I didn't eat it because I was too scared to make noise because <laughs> it was so quiet. But I think the film kind of demanded that, like, you just focus on the dialogue and what's happening in the film. Um, it's a really like nuanced look at motherhood and postpartum depression, familial trauma. Like you kind of see the court through the lens of the novelist who attends the trial and is writing a book about it. Um, and that's kind of all I'll say because I feel like you just kind of have to watch it, but it's, it's really focused and it is only two hours, but you feel the two hours, but I really loved it and thought it was great filmmaking and you should definitely go see it if it's playing near you. Um, then I took like a five day break of watching <laughs> movies and I watched four movies in that day. So I watched Rye Lane to start the new rom-com on Disney Plus And let me tell you, the rom-com Renaissance is, is in full swing. It's happening and it's, this movie is a good entrance into that world because it's about like two 20-year-olds who just went through a breakup and they find each other and are connecting through that and that is just sign me up to any movie with that premise. For some reason, I'm obsessed with that kind of maybe because <laughs> what? No, I she's just remember I we we watched the the trailer for Love Again. During oh, air. I is yeah. I walked Celine in Dion. as it was finishing. What's what is that even about? It looks awful. It's basically like so. So it's basically a, a movie about two people who are recently like out of relationships, and 
the girl starts texting her ex-boyfriend's old number and it ends up connecting her with a new oh. guy. Ew. And like they start like texting and they like don't know each other and stuff and randomly Celine Dion is there like mentoring the guy through how to like do yeah, this. Yeah, it's not like a Celine Dion. It's not like Celine Dion <laughs> biopic or anything. No, 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 no Celine Dion it. is in it. Yeah, I knew that. No, but, but like, like just, I thought maybe they made it a concert or something. No, it's as playing as a like Celine Dion psychiatrist. It's yeah, weird. It's, I don't know. Anyway. Is Celine Dion like playing Celine Dion? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Epic. I need anyway. to see it. Luke. Sorry. Five I, was stars. Just, I was just laughing because as you were describing it, he had the same face as when that trailer was playing and he just looked at me and was just like, <laughs> well, this is not anything like that. Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's also like really stylistic and a lot, like, I think it's a debut feature from the director. So, kind of does that times a hundred and with like wide angle lenses, like a lot of it. Um, and <laughs> if you hear noise in the background, that is currently my dog running around. The blind 15 yeah, year old dog. Yeah. She's, she's just kind of, she just runs in. She just runs into things. And there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a lot and it made the film more engaging engaging to watch and without it, I feel like it could have been just really boring and bland and like two stars. Uh, but the leads have really good chemistry too, both comedically and romantically. It's pretty predictable by the end. You're like, yeah, yeah. But like all rom-coms are at this point because like obviously the two leads are going to get together. Um, but yeah, I really recommend it. Good English humour as well. Yeah. Um, Slay movie, watch it on Disney Plus. And I rewatched Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, I, love I won't that say movie. much, but so good. Ryan Gosling. Yes. Full stop. Yes. Then Oh god. I watched a movie that just made me sob and sob. Oh yeah. And sob. And it's called Cha Cha Real Smooth. And I did not <laughs> expect have you seen I've seen yeah, it. you have. I you have this heathen over here, even yeah. after I told him he needed to watch yeah, it, has I, not seen I it. Know, I, I, know. I, I, I was so late to the party on this movie, and I thought I'd like it. Like I knew I would like it. Like the premise is like right up my alley. The humor that I, I had seen online, right up my alley. But I did not think that this was going to like change my life, <laughs> and it has. <laughs> and it's just about like. This 22-year-old dude who's, like, fucking works at some stupid little fast food chain restaurant and he's, like, goes to bar mitzvahs and is, like, the life of the party. And then he befriends Dakota Johnson and her daughter and they just, like, strike up this friendship and then it turns into more. And, like, such a simple premise, but I don't know, the screenwriting and the humour was so funny and... Just like by the end, there was one part like that literally I put it in my letterbox review. Like he, Dakota Johnson is leaning her elbows on a table and she's like, my elbows hurt. And then he literally is like, puts his hands under her <laughs> elbows and that made me cry. <laughs> and I was like, that is so sweet. And I started sobbing. <laughs> and that is where my romantic life is at. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> And then I just kept crying and it didn't stop (laughs) for like the next hour. Um, And my mom, like I I had to go to my mom's room and just like sob in there. And she was like, tell me. I'm like, I can't. Um, So, yeah, I'm probably, that's a movie I'm probably going to rewatch like every week now. That'll that'll overtake La La Land. I'll stop watching La La Land. I'll start watching Child Cheryl Smooth. So if you watched it last year, would it have beaten everything everywhere? 
no. <laughs> I also think though, because I'm like, oh, I hate myself that I didn't watch this earlier, but I also think I watched it at the right time. Yeah, that's fine. If I watched it last year, it probably wouldn't have impacted me as much because mm. it's also a very single person movie. <laughs> and where I'm at in my life right now, I really resonated with the Cooper Rafe. Also, Cooper Rafe <laughs> is sexy. Oh, okay. Right. Yep. <laughs> what? Nothing. I just, I, I got... Something. Well, that's an off podcast conversation. Okay. Um, <laughs> He's having revelations. Yeah, I just got something. Yeah. Um, so, was that the only thing you watched? That was yeah, the last that was thing? it. That and was then it? the two movies that we're talking about. So, yeah, um, you're welcome for carrying the podcast once again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I had intentions of seeing Pope's Exorcist this week, and then I got busy. And also, seems. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like I I I don't know. There's just something about it that I just was just like eh, I don't know if I can be bothered. I can also wait till it's like on, like Netflix. somewhere. Yeah, but uh, other than that, yeah, I, I guess we should probably move on to our first uh, dad movie of the week. Um, we are of course going to be talking about the new Ben Affleck directed Air. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie. Yes. Who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie. Yeah. What's the plan? We build a shoe line around just him. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. Air follows the history of how a shoe salesman and and how he led Nike in its pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of basketball, Michael Jordan. Yes. So <laughs> I think before we actually say anything, we should all kind of let people know where we're at with, with yes. Michael Jordan as a person, like at going into this. Because uh, so. Uh, that was something after I came out. My, I after I came out of it, I was like, I cannot wait to hear what Elena thinks of this. So, <laughs> one, what is your history with Michael Jordan? Like, what? Okay, like, as in, like, because you're not a basketball person. You're not, one, you're not a basketball person, and two, you're not a '90s baby. So, like, what is your history with Michael Jordan? Like, how much do you know who Michael Jordan is? How much do you like? Do you understand what I'm getting at? Yeah, I do. Um... His name is Michael Jordan, uh, and he is an Aquarius. <laughs> so I think That's all I, Elena needs I think I would want to shoot him in the head if I met him. Because we all know how I feel about Aquarius men. But that is my history on Michael Jordan. So okay, okay. So when and I know the- he's a really good basketball player. I don't even know what team he plays for. Awesome. That gives, um, a that gives a really good baseline. That, that actually, you have no idea how good of a baseline that gives. <laughs> um, so you've never seen Space Jam, like the original. No. Wow. Okay, that's that's aging me very quickly. Um, okay, Taylor. So what was your? What's your obvious? Yeah. What's your? What do you? What, you bag, what do you bring? What's no, your what baggage? You, you were gonna say obvious. Like obviously, you know who Michael Jordan is, but like, yeah. what's your? Okay, so. I I have some knowledge of Michael Jordan. Like for me growing up, all the kids like of your age group would like have that one kind of athlete or basketball player that they would be like around, right? Like at this point for a lot of kids, it's LeBron mm. is like their person. When I was a kid, it was Kobe for mm. me. 
Um, so it wasn't Michael Jordan. It was Kobe Bryant. Um, but I did know who Michael Jordan was because I did grow up watching Space Jam. But to me, it was like, I didn't have like real intimate knowledge of him. Like I just knew that he was great at basketball. He was someone that was lumped in with like the Kobe Bryant, you know, it was Michael and Kobe and, and magic basically were the people that people would talk about all the time. Um, but I don't have recollections like watching him play or any, you know what I mean? Like Hmm. I, I knew little bits and pieces about him just because I was, I was always in a sports home. Like I just knew stuff about sports, but I wouldn't say that I went in like really knowing any huge details about his life. I mean, I learned a little bit more as I got older because it's hard to watch basketball or people talk about basketball without kind of just gleaning certain things about him. But, um, he wasn't like a big thing for me growing up or anything like that. Um, so for me, Jordan, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I didn't watch Jordan play as a kid, but I knew space jam. Like I, I space jam was what I grew up on and I knew, Jordan through Space Jam and you knew who Jordan was and you knew oh he's a massive basketball player um I knew about the shot like the the final shot to win the third championship I knew about the championships like I I knew all of that but it was really the the pandemic that you learned uh, that I really learned who Jordan was in through the last dance yeah. like actually sitting down and watching all 10 episodes of the last dance yeah that's when I really got to know the the history of Jordan and uh, what what who was Michael Jordan to the NBA and and the world and and everything which is funny because that's how this movie came to be and it gave us one of the best meme templates of all time it did with it, the and I took it personally yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh for those of you if so uh, the way this movie came about was the writer, um, Alex Condry, he um, he started writing this after he watched Last Dance and was like, that's an interesting story of how, of how Nike got the rights to him. Like, that's an interesting story. And he started writing that, and it, which I find fascinating. But, um, okay, so as someone who didn't know the Jordan story, how did you find this movie? I loved it. I think because it also, it is the Jordan story, but it's not. Mm. And there's a creative choice made in this movie that we might get to later. Yeah, we'll get that, to that in spoilers. Yeah, um, that I think lends itself to making sure it's not the Michael Jordan story mm. by because I think that would overshadow it. And I when I first finished it because I literally finished it an hour ago. Um, I was, and on the drive here, I was kind of thinking about that and realized that that is what it would have done if, if it was like Michael Jordan. Mm. Um, but no, yeah. Um, I really love this movie and at its core, I guess it's about like taking risks and having determination and a dream, but I guess just told through a basketball corporation and a shoe. <laughs> um, and yeah, capitalism won because <laughs> this movie rocks. Um, and I just think, I don't know if it's, I can call it a sports movie, but it's a really solid, like kind of, I guess, subgenre <laughs> of sport movie while also not really being a sports movie. So it doesn't like, 
overcomplicate its themes like a lot of biopics about corporations and like economy and stuff like that can. For example, The Big Short. Fuck that movie. No, I like The Big Short. I just didn't get any of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> I'm little-brained. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I was like invested and paying attention the whole time, which I just like – I was going into it and talking to my work friends about it. I was like, yeah, I'll, it's fine. Like I'll watch it because I have to. But like I actually really enjoyed it. And I think that's also a credit to – the filmmaking and the fact that it's a $90 million budget and you can tell that it's a $90 million budget because if this just went straight to some random director and Netflix, it probably would have been $20 million and looked like shit. Well, that's the funny thing. This was a streaming movie. Yeah. This I mean, was, it I know, kind I know, of is. I, yeah, and, and, I, and I think it kind of does a little bit feel like it, but... Yeah, but you can also... Like, they gave it to a good director and let it have the money that it deserved to be able to mm. have the right look and set designs. I don't know. Like it feels, you can feel the quality Mm. of the budget. Um, And also the soundtrack. Just like so epically 1980s, all the costumes, everything. I'm sure Taylor will rave about that. But it's, yeah, so epically 1980s. I really loved it. My letterbox review is literally yeah. absolute banger soundtrack. This is the peak of Ben Affleck fashion and film. That is literally all I said. The tracksuits and the leggings. With the, yeah. Oh, yep. Epic. And then the sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that the peak? I don't know. The uh, I don't know. The The last duel was pretty. It's still allowed to be at yeah, peak. It's fair. allowed to be yeah. at the top of the yeah, list. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. Like, <laughs> she knows her shit. She does. Uh, I'm. I'm just. The... Do you want to be the fashion consultant no, on the podcast? I really do not. I Mr. Do Flannel. Not. No. <laughs> Ouch. Um, okay. Oh. So, sorry. so I think there's something really important that needs to be brought up that has nothing to do with anything. But one of the scars guards is in this movie. Take, Wait, really? take it over. Yeah, Gustav is in the film. He plays one of the um, Dassler sons, one of the Adi- Adidas, Ad- oh, one of the yeah. Adidas kids. Makes sense. <laughs> so the Skarsgårds continue to take over the world. I just thought it was important <laughs> that everybody knows that yes. he's one of the uh, Hitler youth <laughs> in the film. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, fun times. Um, <laughs> no, this movie was fun. Um, I wasn't really sure what to expect going into it just because it had been getting really solid reviews from a lot of people that I really trust and a Mm. lot of people that I tend to have similar opinions with. Um, And I don't think Ben Affleck gets enough credit when it comes to his directing a lot of the time. So I was really excited Mm. to see what he was going to do with it. And the needle drops were great. Soundtrack was awesome. Um, And I do think they really nailed the aesthetic of the time. Like, I think the costuming was really on point. The set design was great. Um, you know, just the way that they spoke about the world that they were in at the time, the way that they would keep flashing to certain, like, newspaper clippings or just, like, little aesthetic kind of choices. I feel like they did a really great job with immersing you in the time. Um, and it was really fascinating, actually, as as someone who does really like basketball now just kind of hearing about the way that it was talked about back then and how it was viewed and how players were viewed and what, you know, what the shoe industry was like, because for some, for anyone who watches basketball now and knows a lot about it, you know that you look on the court and everyone's wearing a Nike shoe Mm. for the most part. And they're all like every color of the rainbow. Mm. 
it's just insane to go from where they were pitching the shoes to Jordan in this film, which wasn't really that long ago. No. Like in the context it's less of... Than 40, it's less than 40 years. In, in the context of that, um, it was just really cool to kind of get that perspective, uh, especially with, again, the way that we all view Nike now. Like I would say most people in the world look at Nike and go... They're the biggest, you know, athletic brand when it comes to like running shoes. And no one looks at Converse and Adidas and is like, that's the biggest company for basketball sports related shoes. Like, it's just wild. That, that I think was probably my favorite part of it was just kind of getting that context. And I do, when we get into spoilers, want to talk a little bit about kind of what we've all hinted at already of like the way they structured the film and kind of how Jordan is and is not. Part of the film, yeah. Um, but no, I, I had fun with it. I think I think the runtime was great. I think it didn't overstay its welcome. Um, and it was just kind of concise and to the point. And the cast was really great. And had some really fun like dialogue moments and character moments. And yeah, I don't know. I just, it was good. I think it's a really I think it's a really well written script. I think that's yeah, I think sure. it's it's really well written script. I think. It's really well directed. Like, it's amazing. Ben Affleck directs one bad movie in, you know, in 2017 and everyone's just written him off as a director despite the yeah. fact that Argo won Best Picture, Gone Baby Gone is a, is a brilliant film and the town is brilliant. Like, the, the, he, he is a damn good director. He just made one bad movie. And given what we know he was going through in 2017, I can understand. Like, yeah. it, it's not, you know, the end of the world. <laughs> so... um I really like this. Like, I think this is a solid movie. Like, I think it's it's a very well made, very well written, uh, very well acted. Like, I, I think everyone's really good in it. Um, I it, like. I, I just think, yeah, it's a solid film. Like, I, I think we just don't get these type of movies. You know, that are just solid adult dramas. That are the tip the the prototype dad movie. Like, that's just what they are. They're just the you know, it's filled with just dialogue. Um, there's one basketball scene in it, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, like, it's because for, so for me, I don't think it does anything extraordinary where you're just like, oh, this thing's, this thing is a, an Oscar front runner. This yeah. thing is like, you know, oh, you, everyone must go see this movie. Like, you have to see it right this very second because it's one of the best movies of the year or anything. Like, I'll be shocked if, the, if, if this movie's in my top 10 by the end of the year, we're in for a fairly weak year. <laughs> like, I, I, it's a good movie, but it's not like, I'll be shocked if this thing is out of my top 10. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm just, I'm at that point where it's just like, this is a really well made movie. Um, and I'm glad I saw it. I think it's very well directed, very well acted. I think Matt Damon's very solid in it. I think Viola Davis steals the movie in her three scenes I think she's in. Like, yeah, I mean, she, when everyone was talking about her performance, I assumed she was going to be in it way more. No, yeah, now I get why because when she is in it, it's like yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I think Bateman's got – Mm-hmm. I think Bateman has fun with what he, he he's the only one. Bateman is the only one there outside of Davis who's you're like, oh yeah, that you're from the eighties because I don't. Think, Matt Damon does not look like he's in the eighties. <laughs> like, he kind of looks like he's 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 more modern day still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ben Affleck, I guess, does as well. But um, yeah, I, I just I, I think uh, overall, I think it's a fun film. I think it works really well, and um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think yeah, it's just a solid movie. 
Do we want to get into spoilers so we can talk about uh, how this movie does uh, structures? Sure. All right. Let's get into spoilers. This is your spoiler warning for air. Will admit there is something uh, slightly weird about being. Hey, here's a spoiler alert for one of the most famous stories of that's all why, time. That's why like, I hate doing spoiler alerts on biopics. Yeah, like, just Google it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So obviously the big thing is that Michael isn't in it. He's yeah. in it, but he's not. Like yeah. they don't, don't cast, see his face. Yeah. You never see his face. I think it's a mistake. I really? I, I think I I think it's. I think it actually draws more attention to it than. If you just put an actor in there, same thing, but you just have an actor in there who you see his face every now and then, but it's not like you're, I think the fact that you never see him intent and intentionally never see him draws attention to it. I, and I, and I, I I don't know. It does, but I like the creative choice because then it kind of lends more to, I thought it was going to be a build-up of like when he signs with Nike, he'll they'll like reveal his face and it's like a yeah. thing about that. But like, oh, I can't even explain why. But I just think it would have been worse if it was just like Michael Jordan everywhere, all the time. Mm. I'm just more. Me- I mean, I'm fine with. How- I'm just more meaning like. I think the fact that they were so – you don't even have to cast an actor to play like, – oh, sorry, you, and, and you obviously are casting it, but, like, you didn't have to cast a named actor to play him or anything. Like, even the kid that they got to play him, if you just saw his face, I think it draws less attention to the fact that they're – intent because there's shots that they are intentionally hiding him, and I, it just was kind of a little weird for me with that. I, 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 I was – Do you think they did it because they wanted to focus – because it was, like – a huge thing with his mum being the one that kind of orchestrated the whole thing. Do you think that I because of that maybe, they didn't want to like overshadow that and make it all about Michael Jordan when really it's like the parents' I, story? I part of me thinks it's the we want to use the real clips we to wa- show him. Yeah, and so don't have an actor that that looks that is not the real clip yeah like you know because you know they obviously put they don't have the real phil knight they've got ben affleck as phil knight on the walls and all of that like i think i have a feeling that that may have come into the fact into it is they wanted to use the real footage they wanted to to really show michael as he and during during the montage of when he's of his legacy and i think that may have been a factor because realistically it's one scene so that's kind of what I'm more getting at is the fact that it drew attention it it kind of drew attention to it a little too much for me of how very clearly they were hiding his face not just oh he's here and it's an actor as Michael Jordan and then but if they had that, do you think they would have had to give him dialogue? Or would he have just been able to be there without speaking? I think he could have. I don't think you would have had to give him a dialogue or anything. I just think, I, I yeah, I, I just And think, also, was he like a shy dude growing up? Um. Yeah, you know? his, his parents were really, yeah. Like, so, 
like they were the ones in control and the way that the movie presents it is i understand i understand why they did it i it just for me just felt a little too drawing attention to it personally yeah tell um i guess for me it's not so much that we didn't really see michael jordan it was more that like you kind of brought up earlier there's only one real basketball scene in the movie which was kind of annoying to me um if you're not going to make it you know super hyper focused on actually seeing michael jordan and you want to use like footage or things like i wish they would have kind of leaned more into that a little bit um i don't know because as much as i like the story there were some moments where i was just like it kind of is just a bunch of guys talking about getting a shoe made. And there were just some moments where I was wishing that they would like throw them going into a basketball game or like some, like just even if it was just one scene, like there was just certain times where I just kind of wanted something because again, it goes back to kind of what you mentioned, which is the movie, the way that it's being told is expecting you to already know that Michael Jordan is the best basketball player in, in the world. It's expecting you to know that it's kind of tongue in cheek going, you know, that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player to ever play. So now we're going to show you, you know, someone realizing that way back when and trying to capitalize on it. But then because it's like kind of super reliant on you to know that it's not really doing anything to like, show you if that makes sense Mm. like it's never really taking any opportunities other than that one scene where um matt damon's character is explaining to he's went to to jason bateman's character where he has the footage of michael jordan Mm. um in the what the college yeah in the college championship and and that last that final shot yeah like that's a moment that i really liked because it's not just resting on the fact that you should know this stuff it's like showing you why he's the greatest and why he was so willing to risk everything about his job about his friend's company like there were just i wish there would have been a little bit more of that yeah no i don't disagree i think i i I think it's i think the characters are a little underwritten too i think sunny is you know you don't really get much of who sunny actually is Outside of just like you get, he's a gambler, and you get he's, um, and you get that he is willing to take risks, obviously, and and that he knows basketball. Like he, you, you get those, but you don't really get much more out of the other character, all of the other characters. Like you don't really know much about Phil. You don't really know much about. I, I, yeah, like, and then I, I, Bateman has that one scene where he's. He's divorced and he only sees his daughter for four hours on a Sunday and these shoes are like what keeps their bond together or something. Um, So, yeah, I do get that criticism, yeah. Yeah. Um, But like I said, look, there is a lot about this. There's a lot of scenes that I really loved. Um, I really – I like – you you mentioned like I really loved that scene where he's explaining why. I think that's – I think that's a really strong scene in the movie. Um, I really – the – the speech, I think, works really well. As corny and trite as it is, I think it works really well. Um, and I think that's also kind of what this movie does really well is it's filled with all the tropes. Like, it, it, like there's, no, there's nothing wholly original about this movie. 
but it just kind of works. Like it just lands them well and because it's so sincere what it's trying to do. Like it's it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of just sincerity of we're talking about this this guy and, and how much we we loved his career and, and what it meant. So I, uh, yeah, I think that works. I think that works really well. Um, it has, I think, yeah. And, and again, yeah, you, you mentioned the, the title card of Michael Jordan went on to become the greatest basketball player ever. is just one of my funny, the funniest things I've ever seen. Cause the whole movie is expecting you to, to have already, already know, know that. that. Yeah. And I just, I found that hilarious. My favorite title card was um when, it was like in 1996 or something, Nike bought Converse. And yeah. it's the, with Ben Affleck, ben Affleck <laughs> ben Affle- putting the sunglasses yeah. on. <laughs> Epic. Yeah. But like, it, it's things like that. Like, I think, like I said, overall, I think it's a good movie. I think it's a very good movie. I enjoyed it. There's a lot about it that works really well. But yeah. yeah. I, I think you brought this up earlier, but one of my favorite scenes from the movie that I think really sums up sports fans so incredibly well is when Matt Damon's character Sonny goes back to the gas station or whatever that he was at at the beginning and he's talking to the same guy and the guy is like oh we always knew that Jordan was going to be great where when he talked to him at the beginning of the movie he was like oh he's not even going to average 10 points a game and he's like that sums up sports fans (laughs) so incredibly well where where they'll all of a sudden be like we always all knew that he was going to be the greatest man how did we not get him and yeah and you're like you didn't I talked to you a year ago and you didn't want to draft him what are you talking about but that scene was just perfect I loved it yeah that one was especially because you have Sonny being like my job no one appreciates my job <laughs> like I, I scout these guys and then everyone says they all knew from the beginning yeah uh any final thoughts um i guess like going back to what i was kind of saying earlier like learning more about basketball history it's so wild to me that like if your shoes weren't white enough you'd have to pay a fine yeah, per game how weird like and them just being like you know what f it we're just going to pay for every single fine because we want his shoes to be like, that is just a standout. That is. Yeah. And basketball shoes have never been the same mm-hmm. since like every color that exists in the spectrum of colors is now on basketball shoes at all times. Like you look on the court when a game is happening and that's like half the fun. <laughs> it's like seeing what kind of shoes everybody has, mm. which is, and not only that, Michael Jordan getting his own line, getting the air Jordans. Like how many athletes now, how many basketball players have their own custom Nike shoes that people spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on? Like, you know, when I was working at Rebel, like Kyrie has a shoe, Jordan has a shoe, like Giannis has a shoe, like they all have their shoe and everybody wants them. Mm. It's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any more thoughts again. (laughs) That capitalism won me over today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it look, it's just a really good movie. Um, it's an enjoyable film. Uh, yeah, like like go see it in a theater. I think it's a good one yeah. to see in a theater. Like if- also because of like the ethics of the artist equity program and yeah. all that. If you don't know what it is, Google it. I can't explain it, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's a good movie to support. Yeah, it, it's I yeah just a just a really good movie. Um, all right, let's move on. To uh, the one that Taylor has been looking forward to beyond all measure. Um, I said she's, sarcasm. She's ex- she was extremely excited for this. One. I think the most out of everyone at this table. And we are, of course, talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Not sure if you know who I am. 
but I'm about to rule the world. Wow, uh, <laughs> yay. But there's one problem. There's a human, has a mustache, just like you. <laughs> Do you think I know every human being with a mustache wearing an identical outfit with a hat with the letter of his first name on it? <laughs> because I don't. <laughs> Sure Mario you know and Luigi, Italian-American plumbers, are transported to an alternate world and become entangled in a battle between the Mushroom Kingdom, led by Princess Peach, and the Coopers, led by Bowser. Taylor. What? What did you think of the Super Mario Brothers <laughs> <laughs> movie? What? How dare he ask you? God, you actually come here to talk about movies or something. All right, I'm just going to read my letterbox review because okay. this pretty much sums up how I feel. Um, Because I will obviously get into spoilers and stuff, but this was my letterbox review. Bowser being a complete simp is actually iconic. This entire movie should have been Jack Black as Bowser the musical. Tenacious D this bitch up. Power ballads and sick as hell vocals. DK just dancing in the background being all about the vibes. That was my review of the movie, officially. And uh, Jack Black and Charlie Day and... Keegan. No, no, probably just Jack and Charlie (laughs) were, they're allowed to have rights. (laughs) Everyone else, like, meh. It was fine. Like, eventually, eventually I stopped hearing Anya Taylor-Joy. At the beginning, it was a bit rough for me. But for the most, like... For the most part, I was like, hashtag bring back voice actors to do voice acting challenge. Um, Again, excluding Charlie Day and um, Jack Black, but pretty much everything else. I was like, why? Why? (laughs) Like, there's a reason voice actors and voice acting is like a specific career and a a niche, like specific thing. Because a lot of face actors... Like, they just, they don't have to do voice character acting a lot of the time. A lot of their transformation for characters doesn't come from voice. It comes from accents, maybe, but not necessarily changing their whole voice. Um, And especially not in a way that a lot of animated films do, where preposterous voices are just, like, that's what it is. Like, that's what you do. Um, But I had a fun time with most of it. Um, The animation is gorgeous. Like beautifully beautifully stunningly animated for sure um and again i love what they did with bowser i thought he was so fun and um yeah like there were moments where um there were moments where i was having a good time and i do think the runtime was perfectly where it needed to be any longer and i probably would have been upset about having to sit through it to be honest um there is a very specific MVP of this movie, but we will get into that a little later because this character just came about two thirds of the way through the movie and was like, excuse me, I'm going to have an existential crisis on screen so that everyone in the audience relates to me specifically. And I was like, yes, I feel that anyway, we'll get more despoilery stuff, but that's my kind of vague Thing. I went to see it. That should be. I should get a. I should get a medal for. Just, I said I was not going to go. So I would like to be given a, a star, a sticker for that. You can have a star, okay. Elena. Um. Yeah, I liked it. I went to my 
I, I, I ventured out at 9 p.m., got there at 9.30 for the 18-plus screening because I refused to have any children ruining this movie for me because fuck kids. I, that's a whole other thing. I hate children anyway. <laughs> um, but it was good. I, I had a few questions like why did Mario have daddy issues? Why are they from Brooklyn? That's not story accurate. They are just like Italian born and raised, but like I guess because they had to justify why Chris Pratt was being voice. <laughs> they're like, they have to be American. They're like, listen, we can't expect him to actually do good accent work, so we can't have them be from Italy. He could be in a walk family, but like he can't actually be able to speak Italian. <laughs> they can eat pasta and stuff, I guess, mm. but... <laughs> Stereotypical to the world culture, but whatever. Um, they, yeah, I liked how it kind of had like gameplay in the movie, like the scene where they are running through Brooklyn and it's like the side, oh, I can't explain the camera movement, but like the side pan yeah. and they're jumping over the obstacles and it looks like it would in the game. It, that was really like innovative and cool to watch, um, especially because it was like really seamless. And I think a lot of video game, I mean, probably watched two video game movies in my life and I don't play video games but the ones I have seen don't really have that where it's like you feel like you're playing the game almost mm-hmm. like it's very accurate to how the game works um and yeah like Taylor said it's a really good runtime. it's rushed kind of but if they stretched it out it would have been way too long mm-hmm. like you could have fleshed out some of the characters but I, I don't know if I want a movie about the psychology of like Donkey Kong. Like that's, I'm fine without it. I'm fine with just like baseline. There are a lot of daddy issues. In yeah, movie. exactly. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Me too, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah. And I also, I was actually talking to my friend at work today and she was kind of saying how, cause she's like a Mario diehard. She has a few Mario tattoos and she like wondered why they like, the original like story, I guess, is Bowser like kidnaps Princess Peach and yeah. they have to go save her. And I did like how they kind of ditched that and went the feminist way, I guess, of like ditch the damsel in distress kind of thing because um, that would have been kind of cheesy and stupid. But also, like, here's my other thing with that: it wouldn't have made sense. What does Mario care? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, it makes had, so much more sense. They had to somehow actually make Mario care yeah. that. So he had that he had to save someone he cared about. He doesn't Luigi. know who Princess Peach. And then Peach. he like runs yeah. into Peach. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And um, also in, in the meantime, making Bowser like in love with Peach and like. Well, that's video game accurate. So. Yeah, um, but like in the way of like. Oh God, it's brilliant. Yeah, like Tell said, simpy. Um, yeah, that was epic. Um, so yeah, I liked it. No more, no less. Like I, that's what I expected. I knew I wasn't gonna hate it because. I knew it was going to be really good animation and just from the trailer I was really wowed by like when the first trailer dropped or like the first, I think it was just a scene from the movie at first. Mm. Um, I was really excited because I was like, okay, this is going to be good because I was worried that it would kind of stray away from the game animation. But it was really good to look at. Um, But the story itself, like, yeah, whatever. And the lack of Yoshi sucks, but I guess – There'll be more. I don't know. <laughs> As someone who very clearly didn't stay through, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to we'll get to that part in spoilers. I don't stay for post credit scenes anymore. <laughs> if, you, if you can't do a mid credit scene, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think this is probably the best version of this movie we were going to get. Yeah. For a first attempt, I think this is the best version we were going to get. I think it is so perfectly... In- it, it's one of the few video game movies where you ever just look at it and go, that is the game on the big screen. Like, I, like, like I, I think they nailed the look and aesthetics of this, of Mario, better than I could even have imagined. I never would have thought it would look this great. This is easily one of the best. This is easily Illumination's best ever animation. I think mm-hmm. without question, this is the best they've ever done. Um, it is absolutely stunning how gorgeous it is. I think the way Bowser's world looks, I think is incredible. The lava, like yeah. just I, I, a lot of what the animators were able to do with this movie is phenomenal. And I just... It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think, look, you said that you didn't want to see it with any kids. I, there is a part of me that goes, look, is this movie for me personally? Not really. I'm not going to, this isn't going to be my favorite movie full time. I'm not going to sit there. I wasn't sitting there wide eyed, just falling in love with it the entire time. But ah, hearing kids, but he- hearing kids clearly and utterly fall in love with it, no. just kind of it made piss me off. No, I, I I went to see Frozen live, and they were like, "Mom, it's Elsa." I was like, no, "Shut the fuck but up!" I, I, okay, I'm not talking kids talking to the screen. I'm talking hearing them giggling, hearing them no. actually really engaging with You're a movie. Making her want to thrill. I know, and that I, I, it just it made me kind of just appreciate what this movie can do. And and like and that's not to be like dismissive of real criticism because there are real problems with this film. The script is borderline it's the the script is borderline genuinely awful but yeah to your point it is a movie for kids. But yeah and that's like look at it through that lens. And that's and like that's kind of where I'm I'm not I'm kind of saying like you know, we obviously you don't have you don't you're not required to dumb down content. Mm. Um, and this is definitely dumbed down content, but at the same time, I think that it's presented in a way that is the kids are just going to get. An, it's the best analogy I've heard heard of it is it's McDonald's. It's fast food. It's yeah. not good for you, but they're gonna fucking love it, and that's what it is. And I'm not gonna create. I'm not gonna like. You know, I don't think any of us are calling it fine art. I don't think anyone is expecting us to call it fine art. And if you are expecting people to call this fine art, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's fast food. Sometimes and these are the kinds just... of things that bring people to the movies. Look at the yeah. box office. Look at like, yeah, I work in a movie theater and this has been busier than Avatar. <laughs> and yeah, like, like, what the hell? It, it's just, it's one of those like, I don't know. It It's... I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to defend a lot of this and if someone said, came up to me and was like I hated it I'd be like I can completely understand that I'm yeah. not going to like yep I get it I can completely understand someone hating this movie but I can also understand a parent going it's my kid's favorite movie of all time 
yeah, I get it. Like I can like this. I would have loved this at, at six, yeah, seven. Same. I would have. Uh, oh my god, my parents would be so sick at this movie. <laughs> um, but there are you know there are problems with. It. I don't like I, a lot. The pop songs do not work for me. Oh god, the they, needle drops were so the bad. needle drops. Wait, what? The like take on me needle drops. The, Are you kidding? They, they were so bad. The, the, I like, loved it. No, so bad. like you, when, <laughs> they, like, yes. when they when they used the the game music and stuff that worked really well for me. But like just putting in eighties pop nah, music, you know, no, nah, that was disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that didn't yeah. work for me. No. Um, you guys suck. You hate fun. <laughs> um, All right, Gen Z over there. <laughs> You asked me to be here. Uh, I didn't want to be here. <laughs> I'm talking to him. I am too. Um, I didn't ask to be born in my generation. Okay. It just happened. Uh, so, okay. What, how, uh, again, yeah, let's get into spoilers. Cause I do actually <laughs> want to talk about some moments in this. Cause okay. yeah, let's, let's get into spoilers. This is your spoiler alert for the Super Mario brothers movie. Um, so yes, Bowser is the, the way they characterize Bowser, I think is the best thing that this movie could have done. It made it so entertaining, so funny that whole sequence, I think is the best one in the movie. Like his first introduction sequence, not like not the intro sequence, the, the sequence of, uh, when he's giving his, I I want to marry peach, I think is so perfect and so brilliant and just instantly goes okay i get the tone you're going for and that worked perfectly and i think that really helped get me into the mood and why i kind of you, you kind of go okay i get what you're going for and it's kind of working but then at the same time, there's things with Mario and Luigi that I don't think works quite. That I think is pretty poorly written. I think the I think Mario itself, Mario himself, is pretty poorly handled. Mario uh, is boring as shit. Uh, he's yeah, the worst. I, yeah, which I mean, he's always kind of been pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> which is inherently a problem with <laughs> he is Mario. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mario Mario is boring in. This. I did like the opening of how they were like just started as plumbers because i don't know like they are plumbers and i always forget that they are literally plumbers yeah. and then the start of it them like having their own startup and <laughs> starting a small business what did you okay all right what did you think of chris what did you think of chris pratt i like forgot it was chris pratt in five minutes like it didn't bother me at all okay same with anya taylor joy i i think chris is definitely miscast I, I, Probably, I, but like I, this isn't a, this movie is not about who can voice. Mario no, but I, it's I about think a name. I, I also yeah, you're right. Like but they didn't need it. No, it, this movie's not making a hundred million dollars because, because of Chris Pratt. Yeah, no, it's true. not. Yeah. Like this that's is true. the one time you could have gotten away with not doing that. I having I think also it was a real big mistake of having Charles, who is the voice of Mario in the games and who has forever and always been the voice yeah, of Mario. Yeah, wasn't there a cameo or something? He's the second voice you hear. You know when after the commercial there's someone who who, talk, who talks back to them? Oh, That's him. And okay. he also voices the dad. I think 
that was a mistake of having his voice be the second one you hear straight after you hear Chris. I think that's when I noticed Chris Pratt's voice. I I was like, oh, that's a really good accent. (laughs) And that's where I went, oh, you could like, and it's, it's not only it's a mistake then, but it's also the tease of what you could have had. Mm, (laughs) Like, it's like, oh God, we could have had him, but we didn't get him. Um, so yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah, I, that didn't really work for me. Uh, I thought the way that the um, Donkey Kong was handled, I actually thought that was pretty decently done. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, like I think he's fun. I think it's hard to talk about this one just because of like, again, it does nothing offensively wrong. Mm. There's nothing that I can point to and go, that was just awful. Mm-hmm. And Other ro- than the fucking script. Uh, the dialogue yeah. is Yeah, the dialogue's bullshit. not good. <laughs> the dialogue is bad. But, but like, uh, the, there isn't any really there. It's more just it's mediocre and it's just fine. It's just there. And like, I don't know, like, that's kind of just where I was expecting this would, would be and that's kind of where I'm at with it all, but um, what was the one you wanted to mention in spoilers before you wanted to talk I about I literally it? have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing was about Donkey Kong? Like, there was a character that turns up. Oh. It's your spirit animal. Oh, yes. I don't know the character's name. So this is it is the star? Awkward. The little star thing yeah. in the, when they're all hanging in the jail. And he's like, finally, the sweet release of death. Oh, yes. <laughs> Like he's like he's like a waiting he's like suicidal and he's like please just release me from this existence in the sweetest little like voice you've ever heard he is my favorite character in the whole I was I was laughing so hard and then when they finally get saved at the end and he's like aww he was just like all in on this being a sacrifice deal um yeah that that character was the absolute MVP. Of the whole movie for me, like yeah. it was so good. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I thought the way they did the power ups as well worked pretty well. Yeah. I, again, I think the way that this movie handles the gaming elements—it's very accurate to how it looks. But yeah, but I think they also handle it in a way that works within the world they have created. Mm-hmm. Like that, that it, it was a smart decision to not make Mushroom Kingdom the real world. Mm-hmm. Like which I was a little worried they might have done that they might have actually made Mushroom Kingdom a real place. They would have instead of like said, the real world instead of just no, this is in a different universe. Yeah, it was is, cool to have like a pipe. There yeah, and have that be like their entrance. Yeah, to- mm, like that they actually yeah like this things where you're just like this is this is well done. Like not well done. This is I it's tr- I I think. My thing is that it is cl- treated with clear love for these games. And I get that that makes sense given Nintendo were super involved with this and were very, very controlling over it. Um, that has, And they were very controlling over the way that it was made and the way that it, um, their characters were represented. But I think it's very clear how much love was put into this. Um, but this isn't a Lego movie. Whereas in where like it's, oh my god, you can see the love that this has, but it's also extremely clever and kind and were and is kind of poking fun of itself mm. and is kind of like like in on the joke and you kind of like it's not that it's there's a clear love, but it's not willing to 
it, but it's it, very protective of itself. It, it is yeah. very, very protective of making sure that it isn't seen as a joke. It isn't seen as this comedic entity else that it, that it is just seen as this thing for, for children and, and that children will love it. And that's kind of, I don't know, it, that's kind of interesting for me at least. It's like how, where are you going to, where are you willing to go with this going forward? Because obviously after the weekend it's just had, we're getting a sequel, if not 10. Like we're, we're, well, and where the movie ends off, you can very well, easily yeah. transition yeah, into a sequel. Yeah, yeah given the, uh, well, hey, you're going to get your, your boy in the sequel. Um, Look, I love Yoshi and I would love a Yoshi movie, but I also like don't want another like one of these. Like just <laughs> leave it at that. It would have been epic if they just left it at that. And I'll probably – the Yoshi one will come out and I'll be like, cinema is back, baby, Yoshi, let's go. But like – yeah, I, uh, we're gonna get. I look, get excited. I know we're getting the Mario Brothers two movie. It's probably and it's gonna have Yoshi. It's probably gonna have Wario. It's probably gonna have Waluigi. And that's only one I care about is I Yoshi. I think it's gonna. I. It would be a mistake if it's not at mi- at the latest December twenty twenty five. I think that's the absolute latest that you can have it. Mm. Um, we're gonna get the. Do you reckon they can push it out sooner? They'll try. But I, I, I think December twenty five is probably to their make best. it a good movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Relatively. but I, I think I think December twenty five is probably your best bet because you got the holiday. You'll have the holiday period because this one was originally meant to be December, mm. but then it got scared off of Avatar. Mm. So like it just went, which eh. probably I mean it has the whole month to itself. Oh there god, is yeah, yeah, there's else nothing out, else coming, which out is also anyway. why everyone's seeing it because yeah. there's nothing else. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we're we are going to get the DK movie after this weekend. Be prepared mm. for that. The DK movie's coming. Um, we got the DK rap in yeah. in a in a Hollywood blockbuster. I <laughs> I could not believe that. <laughs> I can't believe that that actually happened. Um, yeah, I am just kind of yeah. I, I think this movie is very much a building blocks movie, as in no pun intended. Like it's very much like a movie that is designed to to let them from now on tell other stories if they want to as you know be like okay well we did all the hard yards here let's now go do whatever we want mate yeah so we'll see what happens but uh yeah does anyone have any other final thoughts on the super mario brothers movie yeah that's why it was so hard to come to the podcast and talk about it because i was like i don't know like what thoughts i should be having that are like critical and (laughs) yeah like you can talk about your experience with the games and stuff like that, but in terms of the movie, like it's, I don't know if it's meant to be criticized, like, <laughs> yeah, with high with high brain thoughts, you know. That's what, like, yeah, and that's kind of where I've been this week with the whole critic versus audience debate that's been going on. That's been mm, wanting me to yeah, blow my brains yeah. out. Is just like, guy, like you know, you've got again, you you're sending critics whose job it is to review to review films of course they're going to have a very different taste to what audiences do just because they experience more of it and they experience things very differently yeah and it's you know the again the food example it is like sending someone who reviews fine art fine fine dining. fine dining 
to a McDonald's Mm -hmm. and then saying, oh, write a review of it. Of course it's not going to be – like, it ain't going to be a a great review compared to what else they've seen. But at the same time, at the end of it, enjoy enjoy your fast food. No one's saying don't go and enjoy it. It, Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) All righty. Well, uh, is that this, all we have? I think that's all we've really got this week. It's a pretty short episode, <laughs> yeah. but uh, they, they were the two big movies this week and kind of stretched those ones as much as we can yep. to talk about. So, uh, uh, Taylor, where can they find you online? You can find me online crying about Taylor Swift's love life. Oh, at- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot about it, actually. <laughs> I tweeted something about it very vague that didn't mention her name or his name and it got like 700 likes and people are really going through it right now apparently <laughs> like we're all going through it. Anyway, if you want to see me crying about that like we're BFFs and I actually know what she's going through, you can find me on Twitter at finally tailored. You can find me on YouTube at finally tailored um where I actually just uploaded my first episode of the new podcast that I'm doing. Let's go. Which is called Making a Double Feature. And I did an episode with Allison where we talked about that thing you do in Almost Famous, which is a really fun combo. So that's on YouTube and it's also um, on Apple and Spotify if you want to check that out. Um, Really excited about the episodes I have coming out. Um, Have some really cool guests lined up, so that should be fun. Um, Other than that, I'm pretty much everywhere at Finally Tailored, Tumblr, Letterboxd. Do you have a TikTok? Wherever. Just all the places. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Elena Violet and Twitter and TikTok at Laney Film and all of us at Lights on the Screen, basically everywhere. And you guys can find me pretty much everywhere at Jacob London and you'll see me getting absolutely no sleep tonight watching the Masters. So What are the Masters? <laughs> golf. Golf. Ew. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been yeah. up for the last four nights watching them. Is that because not it, boring? No, because it keeps getting washed out. So <laughs> that's even better. Um, he He's the, what do we always say? He's the basic stereotypical white guy. Of course, he wants to watch the golf championship. Like the- do you also watch NASCAR where they just... <laughs> NASCAR, no. Formula One, yes. Isn't that the same? Like, <laughs> no, I know it's not the same thing. I want to preface, I know it's not the same thing. <laughs> I have an ex who loved the Formula One and he got mad at me for saying that. And he did a mansplain of the whole thing. So I know it's not the same thing. But, but it's just cars going around in circles. How is that entertaining? It is. Okay. It is very entertaining. Good for you. Anyway. I'm glad you enjoy things. Anyway, um, have fun watching your golf. So, uh, By the time this one uploads, um, I will have already known the results. Or we might not have because the rain delays. It might be going to rain out. Yeah, it might go to the Monday instead. So terrible. All I'm all I'm going to say about it is there is literally one reason to watch the Masters, and his name is Adam Scott. Fair. Holla. That's some that's some good Australian representation right there. That's all I have to say about that. I don't care. Like he's doing all right at the moment, but that's not the important part. The important part is we get to see the camera on Adam Scott occasionally. That's the good stuff right there. <laughs> um, 
Continuing the trend of April having absolutely no movies, next oh, week yeah. we get to talk about Mafia Mama. That's so Yeah, that's all we have. We're going to have to come up with some content. We are. So uh, <laughs> make sure you check out, come back next week for that because we will definitely come up with some new content for you guys. Until then, this has been the Lights on the Screen podcast. Thank you very much for listening.